Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Cat Grizz Insider Podcast. I am Victor Flores down in Bozeman. Frank Agola over in Missoula, as always. Frank, how are you doing this uh, Monday afternoon? Doing well. Busy, uh, busy time of the year with the high school playoffs for basketball underway and state tournament's going to be here soon and and uh big sky and boise will be here just in a couple weeks so busy but uh exciting time of the year yeah i'll be in great falls during that tournament for the state c uh, basketball tournament so um yeah we just got wrestling was a couple weeks ago so yeah everything's kind of uh ramping up of course the 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 cat grizz last cat grizz basketball games of the season happened this last weekend and frank was was there for those and and i was down in bozeman watching on on the stream but so we'll get into that shortly i uh, wanted to mention one thing up top uh, that just kind of broke this morning um adam Schefter reported which is always kind of fun to see one of the the big time reporters uh talking about a, a montana person but uh, ronnie bradford took a position with the miami dolphins so frank um what can you tell us about about that move for him yeah, as the uh, joining the Miami Dolphins as their senior special teams assistant, he's coached in the NFL before with the Broncos and Chiefs back in the 2000s. Um, after a decade uh, playing for a handful of different NFL teams, and then he uh, gotten into college coaching at a handful of different stops, uh, including USC um, before joining the Grizz in 21, um, coached cornerbacks his first two years at UM um, and then moved over to be the defensive coordinator and safeties coach in 23 as the Grizz finished as FCS national runner-up and uh, won the Big Sky title. And uh, that was his first time as a play caller as DC at, at uh, any level. And he certainly proved himself capable of that and is now uh, getting a shot to uh, return to the NFL. Yeah. Um, reminds me a little bit of Daenerys McGee, who I just wrote about, who who went from coaching at MSU, running backs coach and quarterbacks coach, and then going straight to the Houston Texans as an offensive assistant. And uh, bring that up as just a shameless plug for the story I wrote over the over last week. So, and maybe as a, also a, segue or a tease for the latter half of this episode where um, I'll play an interview with Rob Ash, who uh, coached Darius McGee, of course, was the head coach at Montana State back in the late 2000s, early 2010s. He, you know, we talked for for a while about Denarius uh, earlier this month, and um, I thought it was a good interview, kind of caught up a little bit with Rob Ash about what he's doing now. So full transparency too. I, you know, I did ask Denarius if he was okay with playing his interview on the podcast and he preferred not to have that, which totally understand um, and no problem with that at all. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's partly why I'm playing Ashes instead of Daenerys's, but I also thought Ash just had a, had a really good interview and we, we touched on more subjects than just Daenerys as well. Before we get into that, we'll, 
we'll talk about the the Cat Grizz games. Um, and we can start with the women's game, Frank. I mean, both games. I mean, it combined, what was it, forty one points that the Grizz won by uh, in in the doubleheader on on Saturday at at Dahlberg Arena. The Grizz women kind of controlled it from the get go, and uh, the men kind of pulled away a little bit more end of the second half, and then and then really pulled away in the or, or end of the first half, and then really pulled away in the second half uh, on the men's side. So, uh, but yeah, we'll start with the women's game, Frank. I mean, you know, again, it was it was like the first game where the Grizz got out to an early lead, and this time they just held on, and and I mean, fifty points for holding MSU to fifty points and scoring seventy two. I mean, just a, a pretty dominant effort all around. Um, so, what what kind of takeaways did you have from from that one? Yeah, you know, it kind of reminded you of the first game where the Lady Grizz got off to a good start, but but this time they keep their foot on the gas and uh, are actually able to pull away for a big uh, 72 to 50 win. Um, you know, did not allow, allow the, the Cats to uh, rally and, and come back from that early deficit like had happened uh, back in January and in uh, Bozeman and, you know, the Lady Grizz shot the ball well deep from beyond the arc and uh, 14 to 27 on their three pointers, which is kind of become a, a trend we've seen throughout the year. This year is just them having several three point shooters who they could spread it around to, to most anybody who's on the floor and something that wasn't really their style of play under Robin Selvig and it's not something that current uh, head coach Brian Holsinger has really made his identity as as a coach but when his uh his team's good at it he's he's gonna let them play to their strengths and and uh they certainly showed that again in in this game yeah I mean 10 more threes from the Grizz than the than the Cats I mean really all around. I mean, the turnover margin was, was even, I know Trisha Binford mentioned that in her bus came press conference about, you know, we really need to force turnovers and that's been a, a hallmark of their ability to win so many games and be competitive despite all the injuries is that they've, you know, been able to force uh, lots of turnovers and it was just uh dead even in this one. Yeah. It was just Demi Madison Hall scoring four points on, on eight field goal attempts. And, you know, that's just uh, unlike her and, and just compounds the errors, but, you know, one of just one of many issues. A anything else about this? I mean, again, it's it's there's only so much to say from a from a blowout. Um, you know, of, of course, I think maybe from a bigger picture standpoint, so many of the Grizz um, or or a decent chunk of the Grizz getting their first win over the Cats. You know, you mentioned Holsinger kind of getting over the hump finally uh, on that end. Yeah, anything just from a bigger picture standpoint with just kind of a breakthrough, the the kind of getting finally getting this win um, over the over the Cats after a few losses. Yeah, and, and to mention back on the three pointers, you know the the Lady Grizz now lead the country at eleven point one three pointers per game, at right ahead of teams like Utah and and Iowa. So we're talking all NCAA, not you know just a FCS level like we do football. So that's that's pretty impressive. And then you also Danny Barsh had a had a all around uh, good game and good performance in, in the game. Um, the Helena native 14 points, uh, eight rebounds, which, uh, was the most, most on the, the lady Grizz, um, also led them five assists and, and three blocks. So just, a all around, a 
good game from her and and you know that all all helps um Montana take over sole possession of third place in the big sky now Montana State's fourth uh game back at eight eight and five Lady Grizz are nine and four and you know they're looking up at Eastern Washington and Northern Arizona who are both 11 and two and you know so still within striking distance with five regular season games to go and you know we've seen the the Lady Grizz beat NAU on the road but they've also lost to NAU and Eastern so that was a question coming into this game is just how the, the Lady Grizz would perform on a big stage where there's a you know big game spotlights on them and and they answered uh, that challenge this time around so certainly um gives you uh you know better hope that that um they might be capable of making a deeper run at the big sky tournament after some early exits in past years for sure and then um getting to the the men's game um it was 88 69 final score grizz won they've averaged you know 87.5 points in the two wins over the cats um yeah so they you know they, they don't always have great great offensive performances uh this season they've been up and down on the offensive end but man when they when they when they see the cats they 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 turn it on and and um, it does seem like a matchup thing for sure with their ability to have post guys and guys who can get down low um and and create havoc against you know MSU's kind of lack of size and and you know not perfect post defense down there and then the, you know I think Matt Logie again put it so well and described kind of the biggest issue on that end they can't if they double off of try to double down low that then the shooters get open and they score and so it's just it's a it's a constant problem and and ultimately just the talent and the shooters i mean obviously on moody 29 points five and nine from three uh josh vasquez was four and nine from three so th those two alone kind of you know really shot the lights out but then of course when when deshaun thomas is making three of six i mean he's he's a good shooter for sure maybe not as prolific as those other guys but uh you know three of six from three and you know they they were 43 percent overall from three despite nobody else really contributing all that much so um yeah, it was, I mean, John Sawyer only played three minutes. I mean, uh, Jackson Knapp was just fine off the bench within 16 minutes, but didn't do all that much. Those two guys combined for 33 points off the bench last time. So it wasn't even like, yeah. oh, they got a couple bench guys to be hot. You know, it was just uh, the starters really carried them. So uh, anyway, I threw a lot out there, Frank, but uh, but anything specifically that, uh, that you want to mention about that? Oh, yeah, like T. John Sawyer picked up some early three early fouls before he even scored and Jackson Knapp's highlight was really a, a buzzer beating three pointer to give the Grizz a 40 to 30 halftime lead. And, and that was a lot of it for them. Um, kind of a departure from, you know, their, their big um, bench scoring, like you mentioned in the, the win in Bozeman. And, you know, the other thing too was, the, I mean, the Grizz shot over, 60% in that victory in Bozeman last month and held down to just 43% this time around, but, but they really uh, lit it up from beyond the arc um, compared to that first meeting when they were, I mean, they, they had a great percentage that one, nine of 14, but I mean, they attempted more than double that this time around on uh, three pointers going 13 to 30, which was, you know, partly game plan, partly just what they, what they happened to, to be getting at, at the time. 
according to to head coach uh, Travis DeCure. Um, but you know, it 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 started you know from the the jump with the game, just how strong the Grizz were rebounding the ball. I mean, forward Lalu okay had four offensive rebounds, I believe, before the first media timeout at in the first four minutes of the game. He finished with a double-double of 10 points and 12 rebounds. And then, like you mentioned, Deshaun Thomas scored it well, but he also added 10 rebounds for another double-double himself. Ended up being a, a 39-26 edge in rebounds for the Grizz uh, against the Cats team that had uh, been ranked second to last in, in the big sky and rebounding and you know, that those offense rebounds led to some three-point looks for the Grizz. They got some uh, transition three-pointers, uh, finished with the 15-6 to six edge in um, second-chance points. Um, There's really, you know, the way the, the first half ended and the second quarter started where the game kind of got away from the Cats. I mean, the teams had traded some punches, played back and forth through the first 13 minutes of the game. Um, the, the cats were even leading 23, 22. And, and then the Grizz closed the first half on an 18 to seven run where they, that was when they really started heating up on, on three pointers after missing their first several attempts um, to start the game. And so that, that puts them up 10 at half. And then they come out with three more, three pointers and start the second half on a nine to four run um, and their first seven field goals to start the second half for all three pointers. And, and you mix in some free throws in there and they were able to just balloon the lead up to 23 points. And the, the cats were uh, never closer than 11 points in the, the second half after that uh, quick burst to a, uh, in the first first few minutes uh, coming out of halftime. The leading rebounder for MSU was Robert Ford with with eight, and uh, Lolo Hockey had eight offensive rebounds. I mean, that's just, you know, they had two guys with more than eight on the, uh, you know, overall. So it's, that's just, you know, that's that's been the biggest issue with MSU, and it, it's probably the thing that's going to keep them, you know, I mean, again, this team beat Eastern, so it's I wouldn't say they're completely unable um to beat anybody or, or but they, they just they, they're limited size wise and um when you're when your bigs are brandon walker sam luckalot and and um chica naduka who only played six minutes i mean he's kind of he was a pretty heavy rotation guy and now just maybe isn't quite as much as as he was and he's pretty undersized anyway that is just isn't you know he's more of a post scorer but just not a a guy i mean he's six five so, um, and then, you know, John Olmstead, who's a 6'10 guy, Arizona State transfer, just has not been in the rotation at all. I mean, he just, he played one minute this game. He's just, he's just not been a key player for them. And that, I mean, that probably, I don't know if Logie was expecting him to, to contribute more, but him being a senior and a power five, a high major transfer, you, you would have expected him to, to be the starter, let alone not play at all. So that's just a, a tough thing to get, get figured out, but it's not, it's not just, it's not just that. I mean, you know, Brian Garaki has just been really quiet um, since he was scoring 20 plus points a game. It felt like for every game earlier on in conference play and non-conference play. And I mean, he plays 36 minutes, takes five shots and scores eight points. And um, that's just, 
you know, that they need him to to do more. I mean, but you know, then Robert Ford was only three of 10 for nine points and um, one assist. I mean, so it was really just a, a team, a team effort and not playing well enough. I mean, you know, Walker, Walker has missed one shot against the Grizz all season and they've lost twice. Um, but, you know, he was four or five in this game, played just 24 minutes, even though he didn't miss, you know, he hasn't missed much against the Grizz. He hasn't taken a ton of shots and hasn't kind of imposed his will. I mean, and he had more turnovers and rebounds. So that's, that's just, you know, just basically everything that could go wrong, did go wrong really mm -hmm. after that first uh, opening stress. I mean, you know, Tyler Patterson at eight points, or really when it was basically a tie game and they were, it was back and forth and then he ended up with eight points. So, you know, he's a guy that MSU keeps waiting for him to just be that really dangerous sharpshooter who game after game is just hitting four threes a game or three threes a game and kind of constantly being a, a massive threat that can open it up for the, everybody else. And he just, he's too often quiet. And so if, if Garaki and Patterson and guys like that just aren't going to be constant threats, um, then Ford, I mean, you know, I think like you mentioned in, in your story and they were really able to to bottle up Ford and, and a lot of it is because nobody else, you know, Ford just doesn't have a lot of outlets. I mean, I think Turner had a nice game, but again, I don't think it's surprising that MSU is struggling. Um, they just, they, they were kind of cobbled together and, and they have some good players and they've had some nice wins and um, it's certainly not like a, oh, season's over type of thing, but um, this is just was always going to be kind of a transition year and in uh, a tough year to win a lot because of they had to piece together a roster um, in April of last year, basically. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, any anything else, Frank? Recognize Anand Moody for the Grizz, um, reaching fifteen hundred uh, career points across three schools at uh, Southern Utah, North Dakota, and and now uh, Montana for the the past two seasons. He reached that 1500 point club during the uh, rally to close the first half. And, and then um, was big beyond the three point line, five and nine and finished with uh, 29 points. So the uh, second highest total of, of uh, his career after going off for 36 against North Dakota state earlier this season. But other than that, I mean, had a, some upside losses in the the big sky last week. So it's kind of brought some of the teams closer together at the top of the standings. And I think it should make for a exciting finish coming up here with what three more weekends to go until Boise Eastern Washington falling at home to, to Weber state who's playing like the best team in the conference now and Northern Colorado dropping a game to uh, Portland State on Thursday and then bouncing back. So, I mean, you got your top four in the standings are Eastern at 11 and two, Northern Colorado, nine and four, Weber, nine and five, Montana, eight and five. Um, and then Portland State and Montana State right behind them. So certainly a lot that uh, can still be uh, changed around in, in terms of seeding for the tournament and, you know, just want to be playing your best uh, in a couple of weeks heading in there. For sure. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, I think we, we covered it again. I wish they were a little more, a little more close. Um, the, 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 the ones in Bozeman were a little more exciting for sure. Certainly the, you know, we talked about the, the year of the Bobcat, the, the era of the Bobcat, the decade of the Bobcat, you know, in the last couple of years um, where they were winning the, the brawl, 
trophies season wide. You know, they had the football win last year. They, they, the basketball seemed to be going all cats out under Danny Sprinkle on the men's side. And then Binford seemed to, you know, really had the number, at least at home for sure on, on the basketball side. So it was kind of all cats for the earlier this, this decade, this year has been all Grizz with the, with football and basketball. I mean, you know, the, the cats, women with the, with the comeback, if they don't have that comeback. I mean, this could really be a, a tough, a tough season for all sides. And, and of course the other, the smaller sports have, uh, you know, the, the cats have been pretty solid and, and track and cross country are definitely leaning and, and, you know, volleyball also had a, had a much better season for, for the cats and the Grizz. So, um, you know, not, not all, not all poor by any means on the cat side, but certainly a um, step back from where they were. But yeah, thanks, Frank, for coming on, and, and we'll chat again uh, in, in the coming coming weeks. All right, thanks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, as I mentioned, we will have an interview with Rob Ash, the former Montana State head football coach. We mostly talked about Daenerys McGee. So I hope you enjoy the interview. And then here's Rob Ash. Well, um, we'll get started on, on Daenerys. Yeah, and um, just, uh, I guess, you know, first off, what, what was. Your reaction to seeing that he was uh, getting into the Hall of Fame? Well, it's interesting because I actually came up last year to the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony because Jody Owens and Caleb Schreibeis and Jeff Hansen, three guys that played for me, all got inducted last year. And uh, they announced at that event that Brad Daly and Demarius were going to be inducted the next year. And I believe it's their first year of eligibility for both of those guys. And that was just thrilling and exciting news for me to see those two guys be inducted in their first possible year of eligibility and clearly a question, you know, well-deserved and, and automatic in terms of my mind, uh, Brad being the, you know, Buchanan award winner and the defensive player of the year nationally and Denarius leading us to championships player of the year offensively. And I mean, it was to me that they were, no-brainers, you know, they, they were two of the better, best players ever, I think. And there are many good ones, don't, don't get me wrong, you know, but I thought it was fitting and, and appropriate, you know, that both of them got in on their first year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Daenerys is about as, as obvious as it gets from a Hall of Fame standpoint. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And what, so, take me back to when you recruited him, I mean, what, how did you guys, um, how did he get on your radar, and, and how did that process kind of go to getting him to MSU? Well, when I got to Montana State in 2007, I hired a guy named Justin Gaines to be an assistant coach and basically a recruiter. Justin's territory was Texas. So starting in 2007, that's when we decided to try to, to create a Texas pipeline. And Justin was our, at the beginning, he was our only recruiter in Texas. And so he, we started then and began to recruit uh, in Texas. Of course, that's where Jody came from. And, he had come in the year before Denarius. So by the time we got to Denarius' senior year in high school, we were, we were very actively involved in scouring the, you know, Texas area for FCS players. And, and uh, Denarius quickly surfaced, and, and we 
got, we were fortunate to get involved, but it was kind of an interesting recruiting process because, of course, he was at Ulysses Trinity and, and they had had amazing success. I think Cenarius was, was, uh, 27 and 1 as a starting quarterback for two years at Ulysses Trinity and he won a state championship in Austin finals, uh, you know, once each in his two years as a starter. And so, you know, he was a prolific quarterback, but he was only a 5'11 or whatever he was, you know, and so not, and, but he's a great athlete. So the, what was going on was a lot of people were recruiting Tenarius as an athlete and not everybody was recruiting him as a quarterback and he wanted to play quarterback and rightfully so because he was a special player as a quarterback. Um, so that kind of narrowed the field in our favor and it came down to Air Force Academy and Montana State. Uh, they wanted him as an athletic quarterback, and we wanted him as a quarterback, period, you know. And, uh, what, you know, I went down and watched him practice when we got to the travel period. I did a home visit with him and his dad. You know, his mom wasn't in the picture at the time. He did uh, eventually locate her and brought her up to Bozeman, but that's a different story. That was after he was coaching there. But in the meantime, it was just uh, Denarius, and his father was a big Big man, great man. His name was Mike. Everybody called him Big Mike. So the home visit was Denarius and Big Mike and me, and we we hit it off and had a great uh, great visit. He loved the school and the tradition. I think one of the sales points besides the quarterback deal was the fact that you know the, the support for FCS football at Montana State was just. Light years better than the, than the support for FCS football in Texas. So, you know, he, he liked that. He liked the full stadium. He came up on a visit, loved it. We had to survive a visit to the Air Force Academy, which uh, was nerve wracking for me because obviously there's lots of, uh, lots of pluses about the academy. But in the final analysis, he stayed with us. And it's very interesting to look back at this now with the today's portal and transfer and all the stuff that's going on. I mean, Denarius came in and he actually redshirted his first year, uh, which with a guy of his ability, he may not have ever seen the playing field. He might have been gone after a year, you know, or something, if we tried to redshirt him. But then after that, of course, he started and played all the time and was just fantastic. But it was our our Texas connection that got got it started. Why were you one of the few schools or maybe the only school that actually really wanted him as a, just a pure quarterback? I've always evaluated quarterbacks personally on all the teams I've coached because that's the position I played. I was only a small college division three guy, but that was my specialty. And, and I always evaluated quarterbacks, not on their height or their stats necessarily, but I wanted to watch them throw the football. I always said there's only one position on the field where the guy throws the football, that's quarterback. So of all the traits that need to be evaluated in a quarterback, it's got to be throwing the football first. And so I watched Denarius. I watched the end zone shot of his, of his high school games and noticed that he had anticipation on his throws. He would throw the ball to an open area. But when the ball got there, the receiver came to that same open area and they connected for completion. You know, he had that. So he had the anticipation, the vision. All this, all that, you know, throwing the football. Of course, I liked his athleticism, but I think what sold me finally was I went down and watched him practice. They were still in the playoffs. It was December of his senior year. I watched about a two-hour practice during the week, and 
I don't think there was ever a ball on the ground you know, of any of the passes that he threw during that practice. You know, from warm-ups to seven-on-seven to the scrimmage plays they ran. I mean, he was just an accurate, anticipatory quarterback throwing the ball. And so I knew that even though he was a little shorter than your prototype quarterback, that the athletic ability would make up for it, and he could he could flat out throw the football. And the, the interesting thing about his career was I think a lot of people didn't really understand why he was so good. They looked at him as, a, as an athlete, which he was, but Denarius was always looking to throw. And he would use his tremendous athletic ability to extend plays, you know, to buy time. But you know, a lot of times he would scramble and then find somebody to throw the ball to as opposed to scrambling and running, you know. And that's what people missed on him was, again, just what a, what a tremendous passer he was. And there were many times also he extended plays by running with him, you know, too, but, uh, he, he was a, he was a guy who could just throw the football and, and that practice, I think, sealed it for me. When, uh, Daenerys starts to play for you guys and starts and obviously starts succeeding, I mean, what, what stood out the most about him? I mean, were all those traits that you saw that that kind of just translate well? Was there anything else that really, uh, struck you? I told you my first priority in recruiting a quarterback, which was being able to throw the ball. The second one is winning. And I do think the quarterback is, I've always said this, that's probably a, an exaggeration, I guess, of sorts, but I've, I've always, always said that quarterback is the most important position in any sport for its sport. You know, then I think people would probably, a lot of people would agree with me, though, the quarterback makes all the difference in, at all levels of football. And, you know, it's, Plays itself out in the NFL every year, you know, and, and the, the major FBS schools as well. But so that was the second thing. Denarius was a winner. He was an extremely uh, uh, dedicated competitor. Uh, he never gave up. Um, remind me to tell you about the Sac State game that ended up 64 to 63 or something. We won. I know one of the time. Anyway, he. That kid never gave up. He never let the team give up. He just put the team on his shoulders and, and just won most of the games he got. He started. It was incredible. So that was the second and very close to the first thing that I, that I also saw in it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've heard a lot about that Sac State game. I mean, what, what stood out about him in that game? Well, what stood out about him was that he was, he was one of the few guys that, that, was able to keep his composure when they put this rally on in the second half. You know, we were ahead, I think, uh, we were ahead third, 20, by 20, 28 to 10 or 38 to 10. We were way ahead at halftime, but it was 105 degrees and we were, there were two problems at halftime. One was we were very proud of ourselves for our first half that we played and we were also very tired. Well, uh, very, you know, exhausted from the heat. So I, I kind of thought we were in trouble, even though we had a big lead. Then they came out and they got a touchdown and they got an onside, fluky onside kick. I don't know if it was intentional, but it was kind of a bloop. And they recovered it and scored again. And everything fell apart and they ended up getting ahead of us. And a lot, there was a lot of consternation on the sideline. But, uh, one of my lines I always tried to teach to my teams all the years I coached was the idea of choosing how to respond. I always talked about choose how to respond because you, you can't always dictate what happens to you, but you can always dictate how you respond to what happens to you. And we've used that in all kinds of situations. But this was one time when Denarius, I'll never forget, going up and down the sideline, they had just taken over the lead above us. And 
and he was he went up the sideline and down the sidelines. Hey, it's time to choose how to respond. I didn't have to say a word. But he rallied the troops and kept his composure and figured out a way to lead the drive down there at the end that tied it. And then Jody made an amazing play on defense in overtime, and we made a field goal. They missed, and that was the that was the game. So that was a that was a you know tour de force moment, really for both guys, but in particular for Denarius leading the team. Any other moments, memories that stand out with him? Oh, there's so many. I mean, he just, the Montana game that we won in 2010, he was, he was outside playing out of his element. It was below zero, wind chill, and just a really difficult day. And Denarius kept his composure, you know, managed the game, got a, scrambled for a first down and key point, if I remember right. And I mean, I just, that was a, that was the first time we had broken through, you know, because when I got there, they were, they were elite. I mean, they were in the national championship game, I think, three years in a row, 2007, 8, and 9. Now, we didn't beat them in those three years, but we finally got through with Denarius in 2010, won the league, most of those three straight championships that we had. And uh, he, he really helped us. He helped us break through and get to the top. It was incredible. As a person, I mean, how, how would you describe his personality? As good a player as he was, he was an even better and still is an even better person. I mean, that kid, uh, you know, he doesn't drink, smoke, I and mean, he's a religious kid. Not that that's absolutely everything, but I'm telling you, he did everything right. He was always, I mean, he studied, he studied football, he, he went to class, he was never, ever, ever close to being in any kind of trouble. But the only flaw he had sometimes is he was just so competitive, sometimes he asked more of some of his teammates than what they wanted to put out. And <laughs> sometimes that, you know, that graded on some of those guys, you know, a little bit. But in the end, everybody realized that he just wanted to win games and championships. He brought the whole program up along with it. He was, he was incredible. And as a person, yeah, I mean, that's still, to this day, I stay in touch with him. I went to his wedding and, you know, been in touch with him many times. You know, he's got a great family. He's, He's been a very good coach in a number of different situations. And I just, I think the world of him, hopefully, everything just keeps going well for him in his future. Yeah, he's, I've heard him talk, you know, on, on different shows and whatnot, and then I talked to him earlier today, and I mean, he's just like the, just seems like the most charming, uh, affable, kind of just, just nice guy. Like he doesn't, there's no distance, you know, immediately you kind of, he kind of like takes you in oh, and seems like he's, you yeah. know, you're talking to you like a friend, and it's it's it's. Yeah, he there's a, he never met a stranger. He's as gregarious as he could be. Some people thought he was a little loud, and wild sometimes, but in a good way, you know. He, but he was just that was just the way he was. He loved he just loved every day that he woke up and got to you know jump out of bed and start doing whatever he's gonna do. He was just always in a always in a good mood, always positive, always wanting to do whatever he could do to make the world a better place. He, he's just an incredible example. And I go back to his dad, Big Mike, did an amazing job raising him as a single dad, you know, giving him standards and, and values that I think he carried on for him throughout his life. And uh, it's just a, it's an amazing story to me. That this kid you know, grew up in a well, kind of a rundown apartment. Just with his dad, his mom's nowhere around. She's around, but not its life. And she's in Mississippi. And, you know, it was just, it, it shouldn't turn, it doesn't turn out 
like it did for him with those situations all the time, you know. But for him, because of uh, Big Mike and because of the way he was just wired, uh, it became an amazing success story. I think it's a, I think it's a fabulous, fabulous story. Yeah, no question, no question. I mean, um, yeah. Any, anything else you want to say about him before we go? No, I can't say anymore. I mean, yeah. it's just he's the best. Yeah, he's the best. And not to not to disrespect anybody. I mean, I last year was a great moment to see Caleb and Jody and Jeff Hansen get inducted. And Brad now, uh, you know, Brad was another amazing story. You know, walk on that became best player in the country and. Huge factor in our championships that we won. Another, well, he and Caleb, two of the hardest working guys I've ever coached. Just incredible players. I mean, all those guys. There's a lot of really, really good players. Even, you know, clearly before my time and since, uh, they just, they fit right in the legacy of, of tremendous players, you know, that had a really, really fantastic school. It's, uh, it's, it's neat that he's he's part of that legacy now because there's there's a lot of fabulous history and tradition and success there at Montana State. The Cat Grizz Insider Podcast comes from 46mtsports.com, a website comprised of sports coverage from Lee Montana newspapers and our partners. Visit our site and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.